Because the Bible says in the last days, people are going to have itching ears. They're not going to want to hear the truth. They will not tolerate sound doctrine. So people will get up and preach doctrines of devils. devils. Joe, immoral communist Biden, is a supporter of transgender surgery, puberty blockers, even for minors, and all at public expense. I'm sick of it. The communism that came in this country and the socialism, the whole Democratic Party, it was weaned in Baptist churches just like this and preachers who said they believed the Bible and lying about it at the same time. Why can't we just believe that God says what he means and means what he says? Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode. Good to be here with you. Thanks for listening to us this week, and uh, thanks for being a part of our podcast with the Canceled Preacher. My name is John Hudson, of course, my dad, Pastor Phil Hudson, and uh, <clears throat> just uh, just here ready to talk about another subject today. Before we get into it, though, um, just a few updates. We do appreciate uh, you listening and uh, interacting. Um, and as mentioned last week, we do get uh, some feedback every once in a while, every and as uh, surprising as it may, may be, not always positive interaction or positive feedback, but uh, uh, we also do get that as well, positive feedback. But we wanted to read a not-so-positive comment again and just address this, uh, and not because it needs to be addressed or anything like that, but um, but uh, I guess just because it's fun to do. <laughs> <laughs> but this is what ails um, you know, so-called Bible believers. Well, there's a... Uh, there's an account on Twitter, and uh, it goes under the, I guess the account name is Bad Preacher Clips, and the handle is at Bad Sermons. Um, and uh, when we first came across this account, we thought, man, is this satire? Because he puts a lot of great sermons on there, and great preachers. Tony Hudson, yeah. Jack Treber. Yeah. Um, we thought, uh, is this satire? Is he being sarcastic when he says bad preaching? Because this is all good preaching. <laughs> <laughs> we thought it was. <laughs> well, he's not being uh, satirical. He... Uh, has no use for um, independent fundamentalism, but uh, he he does us the pleasure of tagging us, or I think he's trying to tag us. We don't really get the tag here, but um, and what he does is he just shares um, uh, sermon clips of uh, usually independent Baptists, but not always, um, without comment. So he just puts what well, I guess what he would think an outlandish statement um, without comment, and then uh, usually accompanied by a video clip also. And uh, what he's put up about. 15 clips from your flat earth sermon and uh what people just love and of course everyone that follows him they they have no use for um you know independent fundamentalism either for the most part and so they just kind of uh dogpile onto uh well <laughs> what they call they call you uh, uh what do they say you're dangerous and that you need to be avoided like the plague um so yeah, how do you feel about that? <laughs> All because I take the Bible literally. But the overwhel- on this last one that he put up, the overwhelming um, a sentiment in the comments um, is like this person saying, uh, Dear God, what does this have to do with the Bible? Um, and another one that says... Of course, it's in the Bible. And then another one that says, What does any of this have to do with the Bible and salvation? And then at the bottom, someone says, I echo what everyone is saying here in that what this man is saying has nothing to do with the gospel. And so um, I guess nothing but the gospel qualifies as something you can preach on. Well, I'll tell you this. Uh, I heard in a sermon, J. Frank Norris. Okay, now, 
He died, I believe, in 1952, and I was born in 1961. But there are a few uh, sermons that have been recorded by him. And I remember him saying this, something to the effect of there is a false teaching going around, a dangerous teaching that says we are willing to receive truth in whatever form it may come. Hmm. And he says that is a lie of the devil. He says there is no truth, but through the word of God in Jesus Christ is the truth. And then he says, right on the tail of that, he says, for example, if you will not receive and believe Genesis 1-1, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, neither will you receive John 1-1, in the beginning was the word. Because by the same process of infidelity, you will reject Genesis 1, you will reject John 1. And, uh, and so it all goes together. And it goes together. <laughs> it's unbelievable how somebody cannot see the gospel in creation. It's Amen. Just, it is unbelievable mm-hmm. to me. Mm-hmm. But the Bible says the heavens declare the glory of God and the earth show with his handiwork. You're going to tell me that you're going to buy into the tenets of evolution, that we have this ever-expanding universe? If the universe is ever-expanding and has no end, that makes the universe bigger than God or at least equal with God. Yep. No, God, <laughs> um, he created the universe, and he's master and ruler over it. Yeah. And uh, Well, um, they, what, what is there that you could preach on? Other, I mean, and like we've said before on uh, like standards and grace, this hyper grace stuff, you know, everyone gets all bent out of shape on you know, about pants on women and rock music and stuff like that. But everyone has standards. Everybody and the same has thing standards. With this guy, wherever this person is drawing the line, I could come back and say, hey, the that same has nothing thing to do with the gospel. The that same is, thing with him. Yep. That has nothing to do with the gospel. Why are you preaching that? Why do you believe that? Why do you say that? Um, unless you're saying, hey, for God so loved the world and gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. You can't say anything else. Oh, that's right. Well, <laughs> I remember, I, I, honestly, uh, I got my feet wet on creationism with Ken Hovind. Back in the 1980s and 90s, he had these, these, um, these it, before CDs, these eight tracks that came out, you know. And, uh, boy, I got them all, and I passed them all out at church, and I believed, believed them and, you know, really went with it. He's got a lot of good stuff. He's got a lot of good stuff. But he is not a, he is not a stationary geocentric earth believer. Right. He just believes that the earth is flying through space at breakneck speed, you know. Um, you know, Mach one hundred at least, you know. And uh, contrary to what the Bible says, the Bible says the earth cannot move, it's stationary, it's on pillars, and God says it cannot move uh or shaken out of its place many, many times. But but anyway, so this is what I, I heard him say. He said, all you're doing is divide. He said the same thing. What's that got to do with the, the Bible? All you're doing is dividing brethren. <laughs> his whole ministry. His whole ministry was approving dinosaurs, same, you know. It was the same thing. It's exactly the same thing. Now, a lot of these um, young earth uh, defenders, uh, like Kent Hovind, and I really like a lot of what he talks about. Mm-hmm. Um, and also there's this, there's this, I guess it's relatively new, this ICR down in Texas that I heard about, Independent Creation Research. Very interesting. Um, and as far as the earth and animals and biology and ecosystems, things like that, uh, great, you know, because they're coming from a young earth perspective. But the moment you challenge them on astronomy and uh, you come and they you go say, ballistic, well, they don't have any answer. And like I heard this guy from the IC, ICR talking and, and uh, he's got all these great, you know, Bible answers for, you know, yeah, it's, it, you know, we're not going to read into the Bible. We're not going to 
uh, make exceptions for the word day in Genesis and call it a you know an age or anything like that. And so great. But then as soon as you challenged on, well, what about this star that's 13 trillion light years away? How come we can see it? Then the only answer he had was, well, it's a miracle. You know, it's right. a miracle. God, or made, God created God, the earth, God created everything with the appearance of age. Right. And I mean, I guess that suffices for some people, but you don't have to go there because the Bible tells us clearly um, how God did it. Uh, Let me tell you something. All you people that believe these stars are, are millions of light years away. The Bible says the stars are going to fall from, earth, from the heaven to the earth. They're going to crash into the earth in tribulation. Now, you just take Betelgeuse, for example. If Betelgeuse fell from the star, first of all, it would take forever in a day, okay? If it started its descent right now, fall to the, by the way, why is it falling to the earth? Is, is it because the earth is the center of creation? Mm -hmm. Okay. But anyway, so if just Betelgeuse, if just Betelgeuse were to slam into the earth, he would knock it into oblivion. It could, yeah. It, there's no way to make that fit. These stars are small points of light in the firmament. That's uh -huh. what they are. That's what the Bible That's says. That's what the Bible says. Yeah, everything's in the firmament. But if everything listen. is traveling at breakneck speed, I'm, we're talking about, they, 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 I mean, they're talking about near warp speed, you yeah. know, tongue in cheek now. Um, Away from the, the central epicenter point, you know, and uh, how come the stars are in exactly the same place and they have been for thousands of years? Because they're so far away, it's imperceptible to see over 50 years. That's what they say. That's what they say. That's what they say. But just listen to yourself when you say billions of light, millions of light years. That's an unimaginable number. And we just take their word for it. <laughs> There's no possible way ever, ever, ever that they can prove that kind of amount of distance. Never. And if, even if you listen to their own numbers, they'll give themselves a buffer. They'll say the North Star is between, you know, 13 trillion and 15 trillion miles away. So they've given themselves a 2 trillion mile buffer because they're <laughs> telling you they don't know how far it is. Right, right. Um, and uh, uh, so it's just amazing how many, how many different things we'll put our trust in other than the Bible. Like you said last week, footnotes of footnotes when we quote history or scientists uh, which is footnotes of footnotes. You don't know that scientist said what that person said unless you believe somebody who said they heard somebody who said they heard somebody who said they heard somebody say it. Yeah, and everyone wants to call us anti-science and then point and say, well, look at, you know, you're, you're talking on a microphone. That's science. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about people making supp uh, suppositions about something that happened 1,000, 2,000, 6,000, or for there what they say, 14 million years ago. That's not science. That's right. Uh, and all that can be interpreted based upon your, your worldview or your rejection or acceptance of the truth. Everybody rejects truth first yeah. before they have to buy into and somehow support a lie yeah. to soothe their conscience. <laughs> but, but anyway, so if, if we were to please these, these um, naysayers here, then uh, nothing but the gospel, I guess, is acceptable. Well, I have to ask them this. So if, if you don't believe God's account of creation— Okay, then how is it then that by your same system of interpretation, if you're not willing to accept Genesis 1, how is it you're, you're willing to accept John 1? Right, right, they go together. Yeah, and don't give me this, well, Moses wrote Genesis to his time and his place, to people of his understanding. <laughs> the Bible's, it's either relevant today or it's not. Mm -hmm. It's relevant through all ages, you yeah. know. And, well, uh, people like to go there that, well, Moses was speaking within the realm of his understanding. Right. Which is ridiculous. If it's a God-given book, why would God have to you know, talk down to us? Uh, he didn't do that anywhere else. No, he absolutely did not. Yeah. So, if you just take, so if you just believe what Jesus said, if you just have childlike faith, you're dangerous. 
Yep. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you're a, you need to be avoided you're like the a play. threat to society. You ought to be in jail. You know, yep, yep. and uh, and so here's something else. So we just happen to believe the we happen to believe that there's a real heaven because the Bible says it. You know, and uh, we don't have to prove it. See, it's on you to prove it. You know, because we're, we're, we're all we're doing is just preaching what we believe to be true. Mm-hmm. If you don't believe it, you prove it's not true. Mm-hmm. Um, you say, well, the burden's on you. Well, we say the burden's on you because the Bible says it is. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so same way with hell, and that's what we're going to talk about today. Yeah, so you preached a really, really good sermon. Now, preaching on hell is not easy to do, right? Um, we were just talking before we started. Uh, the doctrine of hell is just a stinker, you know, for a lot of people. <laughs> it's Literally. Just, it's just hard to, de- to, to comprehend. And uh, a lot of times atheists will use this you know, um, and say, well, how, how, how could a loving God torture his, you know, his unbelievers in hell for all eternity? Well, first of all, let's go ahead and say this. It, it doesn't say that God is torturing them. That, uh, first of all, let's at least start there, okay? Um, I'm not saying that God doesn't, but I'm just saying it doesn't say that. Right. So you have to show me a Bible, where, uh, Bible verse where it says that God has got a whip and is beating people in hell. Yeah. You know, well, I mean, the fact is that they're in in flames. They're they're I burning forever. I get it. But I mean, but let's get specific. We want to get specific. Yes. You know, let's let's argue semantics. Let's go ahead and get right down to the nitty gritty. Yeah. Well, the uh, you know, I also can 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 find myself struggling with this um, and uh, hard to reconcile. You know, God's love and His goodness with this place called hell. But after your sermon on Sunday, I found it much more. Uh, you know, much more of a palatable doctrine. Uh, much more. Um, it was one of those. It was one of those lights on moments that I've had when you were preaching, uh, and so I just thought it was. I thought it was great. Um, so anyway, that's what we're going to talk about. First of all, you started off with your sermon title, which um, I'm going to start calling you Phil Kid <laughs> <laughs> because you're Phil Kidding. <laughs> Phil Kid is the cussing preacher, I guess that's kind yeah. Of how he's he um, uh, we went to hear him preach. You and I, when you were a teenager, we went yeah. to um, Jefferson City, yep. and uh, boy, he just don't have no problem with his language. Uh-huh. And this one guy wasn't going to respond during the invitation. And finally, he gives him a, a chance and another chance. He says, look at me. Wouldn't you like to be saved? And, you know, we were both there. And he, then, then the guy, high pressure is the word. The and then through. he finally says to him, well, go to hell then. I don't care. <laughs> if you don't care, I don't care. <laughs> but um, anyway, um, so the sermon was the church in hell is one hell of a church. <laughs> now, this was also our our, pre, our last bonus. So if you saw it on Thursday, um, that was the... Um, I think it was unedited, right? The whole sermon? It was pretty much unedited, yes. So just the very beginning of it, um, just to kind of get the preliminaries out of the way, but unedited sermon, that's that's right. Yeah, so you can hear that whole sermon. Um, and uh, uh, anyway, so... Well, let's start with a few verses of Scripture. First of all, you know, Luke chapter 16 is the go-to verses, and it says there was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day, and there was a certain a beggar named Lazarus, which was laid at his gate full of sores and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores, and it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. Let me just say, this is, I don't care if you call it a parable or not, 
But here's what people do. They, they call it a parable, and then they say it's not true. Mm. Okay, so what you're saying is, so here's what you're doing. You're calling Jesus a liar. Right. If Jesus said a certain man went forth to sow seed in his field, if you're telling me it's a parable and a certain man did not sow seed in his field, you're calling Jesus a liar. Right. Parable or not, I don't care. Why can't it be a parable and be true? That's right. Yeah. That's right. A parable is just simply an earthly illustration of a spiritual truth. Um. And uh, so anyway, so this rich man dies and it says he died and in hell he lifted up his eyes being in torment, seeing Abraham afar off and Lazarus in the bosom. And so he carries on this conversation with Abraham. And uh, and so I, I, what that was the verses that I used to kind of give us a, a framework of, of where we're going with this. And but the church in hell, how, where do you get off saying the church in hell? OK, so let me just stop and let me just start off by saying this. Here's something shocking. The only people in hell are independent fundamental Baptists. There are no Catholics in hell. There's no Pentecostals in hell. There's no Buddhists in hell. Because in the end, everybody's going to be a believer. In mm-hmm. the end. So you could say it is, um, it is, there's a church in hell, and mm-hmm. it's busting at the seams. People are dying to go there. Let me just start off by saying this. It's a pure church. Okay? So if a church is an assembly of baptized believers, and most people will agree with that, called out assembly of baptized believers, you know, well, everybody in hell is a baptized believer. John the Baptist says, I baptize you with water. There's one coming after me, baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. So that right there, and with fire, I never put that together with judgment. But it's uh, usually I would think of the tongues of fire coming on the disciples. But that's not baptism. No. You know, that's that's like the sprinkling that people, uh, that's not bad. Baptized means to immerse. That's right. And so when are people ever immersed in flames? That's right. That's right. And this is what it says. The guy says, I am tormented in this flame. Mm-hmm. In Matthew chapter 7, verse number 19, it says, those people, you know, lost people will be cast into the fire. In Matthew chapter 13, it says, the tares shall be burned in the fire, baptized in fire. Mm-hmm. And in Matthew 13, verse 42, it says, she'll be cast into a furnace of fire. So there's a furnace of fire. So we have a baptistry pool where there's a there's also a baptism. But you go into the pool. There's also you go into the furnace and you're mm. baptized in flame or immersed in flame. Mm. Jesus said the same thing. If your eye offend you, your hand or your foot offend you, you better pluck it off. For it's better to go into life with one eye maimed and halt than the two eyes to be cast into into everlasting fire everlasting fire mm. so everybody in hell is baptized okay so in the old testament the, the bible says that uh, the old testament church they were baptized in the cloud right right new testament church were baptized by the spirit into the body of christ first mm-hmm. john chapter 12 verse number 13 john says i baptize you with water which is a picture of spiritual baptism okay which the holy spirit baptizes us in the body of christ and just the water baptism that man does to man. By the way, you're not saved by works, not by your good works or by works done to you, by you, or for you, mm-hmm. you know? And uh, so you're not baptized when you're dunked. Not um, saved when you're you're dunked. not saved when you're dunked by another man. You're saved when you are put, you're baptized by the Spirit into the body of Christ. And that comes the moment that you believe, okay? And then, um, so then you're baptized into, the, and then water baptism is a picture of that. And uh, that's all that it is. And just like you're baptized into the body of Christ, the church is the body of Christ. So the, the local New Testament church is a picture of the body of Christ as well. And so here's what you got. 
you've got everybody in the end is going to be a baptized believer. Mm. Everybody in the end, everybody in heaven is going to be a baptized believer, baptized in the body of Christ, baptized with the Holy Ghost, okay, and with fire. And then you've got those people that are going to be baptized in hell. And then they're all believers, every it, one of them. It makes a lot of sense. Before they, go, before they become members of the church or baptized into the church or into the flames, we should say the church at hell, every one of them will be convinced. Every single one of them. Yeah, what was your verse on that? Well, there's, you... a, there's a few verses right there. First of all, the Bible says, um, oh, let's see. Jude 17 was one of them. Yes, yes, um, but I, I, I want to give you another verse. It, it, yeah, Jude chapter 1, verse number 15. So it says the Lord's going to come and execute judgment upon all and to convince all. So everybody will be convinced. So that means it's going to take a, some convincing. Mm -hmm. But in the end, everybody will be convinced of their ungodly deeds. Right. That's what it says. Uh, ungodly that are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds, which they have ungodly committed. Right. So the, the Bible says the Lord is coming again and everybody's going to be convinced. Right. Everybody. Everybody will be convinced that Jesus is the virgin born son of God. Everybody will be convinced. You say, I don't believe in hell. Well, you will be. You will be convinced one day. And... Um, there's that other passage of uh, every knee shall bow to the Philippians, right? And then, then you go to Philippians, that's right, uh, chapter 2 and verse number 10 and 11. At the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. Um, th and th 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 I'll tell you what some people think right there. Some people think, well, I'll just bow the knee. No, you're not. You're going to bow both knees. Every one, everybody's knee, mm -hmm. every knee, mm -hmm. both knees on, <laughs> on every single person of things in heaven, things in earth, and things under the earth. So you got things in heaven. And then you got things in earth, and then you got things under the earth. Now, that's talking about hell right there. Mm -hmm. Not in the earth, under the earth for all right. those globe heads, okay? <laughs> <laughs> and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord. So everybody's going everybody's gonna to be convinced, and everybody's going to even confess mm -hmm. that Jesus Christ is the Lord to the glory of God the Father. So everybody in hell is a baptized believer. Mm. So that makes a lot of sense with like— So uh, Catholics, what they're going to be is converted, okay? And they're going to be they're going to be baptized into a Baptist church. Mm. Well, you like you have the two resurrections, you have you know the 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 two births and uh, the the two um, judgments. You know, same thing. You have two churches. One one is of the saved, and one is of the lost. That's right. Uh, it kind of fits in with all the the pattern of Scripture and how the God divides the That's world. Right. That's right. The Bible talks about the general assembly, mm -hmm. church of the firstborn in heaven. Well, there's also a church of the second death mm -hmm. in hell. Right. And uh, let me just go ahead and say a few things. Number one, I said that that church is a pure church. There are no unbelievers. There are no tares. No false doctrine is taught in hell. Nobody ever leaves. There's never a church split. Nobody ever has any doctrinal disagreement at all. There's no worldliness in hell because hell is out of the world. Now, that's, a mis that's something other... A I, I, uh, disagreement you have with some other uh, preachers, I guess, or teachings within Christianity, right? Because they say there's this blaspheming of God going on in hell day and night, this uh, you know sin going on, continuing, or uh, people in constant unbelief, or you know things like Just that. Just like God is sovereign in heaven, God is also sovereign in hell. There is no place in this entire universe or in God's entire creation or everything anywhere that is outside of God's jurisdiction. Nothing anywhere he rules over everything now we'll say this there is no world in hell 
okay? So there's no buildings in hell. There's no money in hell. By the way, there's no evil in hell because the love of money is the root of all evil. Since there's no money in hell, there's no evil in hell. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Most people would say hell is pure evil or, or may, might have that, cons- that, that idea, perception, you know, um, and they, they have this perception that God's not there. But every, you know, that's right. And separated from God. That's right. And, and th- that is just not in the Bible. You know, we'll get to that in just a second. Yeah. But anyway, there's no devil in hell. So there's no devil to deceive them. And even if the devil was in hell, <laughs> they wouldn't believe him. Say, don't tell me there's no hell devil. I right. know there's a de- de- And the devil is not reigning in hell. The devil is not master of hell. The devil does not torment in hell. The devil will be tormented in hell. Right. God is the master of hell. God is sovereign of hell. God it controls hell. That right there was mind-blowing when you said that. This whole idea that somehow that hell is outside the jur- God's jurisdiction and somehow that's the devil's kingdom is just, it, it, I consider it, you know, what we call ignorant blasphemy, mm-hmm. you know. It's just, how could you take the Bible? How, how could you minimize? And by the way, the Bible says hell hath enlarged herself, you know, opened her mouth wide. So hell is getting bigger and bigger. Mm-hmm. So you're telling me the devil's kingdom is getting bigger <laughs> and God's kingdom is getting smaller? Right. You know, no way. Right. No way. It's like on The Lion King, you know, where Simba's talking to his dad sitting up there in that mountain. He says, well, what about that shadowy place over there? Right. That's outside of our realm. Uh-huh. You know, <laughs> there is no shadowy place in God's kingdom, right? you know? And, um, of course, I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself, but what does David say? Whither shall I go from thy presence? You know, if I send up to heaven, he says, thou art there. Um, and, um, in fact, let me just read it from Psalm 38, mm-hmm. just so we get it right. right. Whither shall I go from thy spirit? Or whither shall I flee from thy presence? If I ascend up to heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. That's what David said. David said, if I make my bed in hell. Now, this, this is what all the scoffers say, because, see, they're not willing to just take the Bible with childlike faith. They, everything's based on feelings with them. <laughs> doesn't, and feelings based on senses or sensuality. Uh-huh. Okay? So it doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't, I can't reason it out in my own mind. Therefore, you know, heck with it. I'll just change the Bible. So now it doesn't mean hell. It means shale or realm of the... Just, reinterpret everything you don't like it just it doesn't mean what it says it means something else so god really is god designed he's trying to deceive us right here Hmm. if god didn't want hell in there why couldn't he just put something else in there right right the grave the grave yeah he uses that word when he needs it that's right Uh, that's right of course they call you ignorant because you don't understand the all the 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 uh the way the bible was that's exactly what that's their go-to every time so you got to know greek and you got to as if they know hebrew right they know something about Hebrew, but there's no guarantee. Give they know me a right. break. Hebrew had no no vowels. Hebrew had no. You, you didn't divide the 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 words. You know, um, they just continue. It was a run on. Mm-hmm. Give me a break. You know. Yep. And um, <laughs> we just need to trust that God did what He said. And he gave us His word. It's trustworthy today. Why don't we just do what Jesus did? Jesus didn't argue about what scripture. He just said the scripture. Right. And right. everybody, everybody that knew what He was talking about. Knew where to go right. for the scriptures. Mm-hmm. Didn't say, well, and nobody said, well, what scripture? Mm-hmm. And uh, don't give me this. There were no other scriptures in those days. The Bible says there are many that corrupt the word of God, even right. in that day. Right. You know, even to this very day. But this is what it says in Revelation chapter 14 and verse number 10. Now, all you skeptics out there, listen to this verse right here. 
And the same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out without mixture into the cup of his indignation and shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the lamb. Mm. That goes right along with Luke chapter 16. Right. I mean, they, they were in each other's presence. Mm. There was a great gulf fixed but they were in each other's presence. Mm. The rich man could see Lazarus and Abraham, and Abraham could see, and Lazarus could see the rich man. The angels, it, it says right here, tormented in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. Mm. That's what it says yeah. right there. Make no mistake about it. Hell is in God's jurisdiction. God rules hell, not the devil. God is the rule warden of hell, not the devil. Now, let me just stop and say this. Does that mean that God is in the fire? You know? Well, you know, it's just like a fishbowl. You know, you could be in the presence of the fish and not in the water. Right. You could throw a log in a fire and not be in the fire yourself. Right. You can watch it burn, and, you know, if that log was alive, it could watch, you know, see you. Right. So, um, again, to, to go there is to minimize you know, the power of God. But dead sure don't want to go and just say, well, that's John just speaking in terms that he understood. It was trying to, you know, t talk down to people, you know, right, so right. they could somehow get the spiritual significance of a lie. <laughs> <laughs> but um, ridiculous. that's right. It is absolutely ridiculous. But I will tell you this. There are no hypocrites in hell. There's no tares in hell. There's no unbelievers in hell. Everybody in hell is baptized in flame, not around flame, but in flame. And the flame's not in them, as is some, you know, modern day Billy Grahams will tell you. Well, hell is could be outside the realm of God's presence. And the Bible says right here that he's tormented with fire in the presence of God. So don't give me this whole idea that hell is outside the presence or realm of God. Unbelievable that a Bible preacher would would even say that mm. against revelation chapter 14 mm. you know and uh so hell is within god's jurisdiction the the devil does not rule in hell now let me just stop and say this a lot of people say well i'm going to go to hell and reign with the devil no you're not because the devil's not reigning in hell god right. is reigning in hell there's uh, there's no sin in hell um first of all th there's no there's no stealing in hell because there's nothing to steal there is no illicit sex in hell because there's nobody that will be available to have sex with, mm -hmm. you know? Um, so there's none of that, you know? None of that is there. And there's some people that think that the, the, the flames are fueled by the persistent sin. Didn't you oh, that yeah, Sunday? that's, uh, you know, so we as Baptists, we say, well, the Catholics are all screwed up with purgatory, you know? And uh, by the way, they are <laughs> the very idea that so, that your grandmother's suffering in flames and agony in purgatory right now, which is just you know you, you know some kind of a I don't know religious hell you know, um, and, and uh, of course if you pay the Catholic Church money and you pray hard enough and work hard enough, then your grandma can get out of purgatory you know, and um, you know like Tetzel would say you know when the when the coin in the coffers uh, rings, the soul into purgatory springs or something to that effect. Right, right, yeah, during the uh, sale of indulgences. Sale of like indulgences that. just to build the Vatican City. That's all that it was right there. 
and foolish people, what they did. Uh, by the way, it's the same foolish people that are taking the COVID shot now. <laughs> yeah. Same people that, that did that back then. Yeah, right, would rather believe science falsely so-called and politicians that are just <laughs> liars, right. you know. And um, so anyway, so now we got a Baptist purgatory. And so this is basically what it's saying. So here's what happens. The fuel, the, the flames are fueled by constant sin. Okay, so basically, yeah, be, so the idea, the thinking is, the Calvinistic screwed up thinking is, well, because you're going to continue to sin in hell, you're going to continue to have to pay for your sin debt, right? Uh, and so, so you get to hell, and then you continue to sin, so you continue to have to be punished, so you're, 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 you, know, you sin endlessly, so your punishment will be an endless punishment. Uh. Well, re- unbelievable, unbelievable. But that, that's what people say. Uh-huh. But there's no sin in hell. There's no sin. God's not going to permit it. Mm-hmm. God's not going to permit it. Right. He, he's just not going to permit There's no blasphemy in hell. God's not going to permit it. Not in his presence. Right. Not, 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 not the presence of the Lamb. That's right. And let me just go off script right here and say something that maybe is not in the Bible, but the Bible talks about different punishments in hell. The Bible likens punishment in hell to some people that know to do good, and they did it not, they'll be beaten with many stripes. And others that didn't know to do good, and they just didn't do it, they'll be beaten with few stripes. Right. And um, I wouldn't be a bit surprised. Now, they're not going to do it. They're, there's, they're, they're not in the presence of God, even the devils. Now, think about this. So when Jesus walked through this world, and when the devils came into his presence, they didn't curse and swear and blaspheme him and try to kill him. They fell everywhere in the Bible. You find a demon possessed man comes into the presence of Jesus. What do they do? They fall down on his feet. They worship him too. and worship him yeah. and declare him to be the Son of God. Basically, saying, "What more do you want? You know, we'll, we'll do anything you want us to do. Just don't torment us before the time." Stuff like that. Wow, yeah, that's yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. And so what we've got is we got this so screw because we don't like the idea of hell. We say, "Well, okay, so I'm going to rewrite hell. I'm going to write my own Bible." You know. And uh, so this is what Baptists do. These ridiculous Baptists, what they say is, well, you know, the, uh, the King James. We believe the King James. Well, no, you don't. No, you don't. You only believe it when it's convenient to. And then what you do is you change it whenever you don't like what it says, you know. And so the Bible says that, that they suffer in the very presence of the Lamb. In the, in the presence of the Lamb, David says, if I make my bed in hell, thou art there. And they say, well, no, hell is the absence of God somewhere outside the realm. And I mean, I've heard that stuff all my life. I've heard that stuff all my life, you know. Uh, but and then now, just when when somebody who's so dangerous, they believe the Bible, um, it clear up so much. And honestly, um, just taking a biblical approach to all this made this much much less of a of a, uh, just uh, such a hard doctrine to to accept. Much less of a uh, of that uh, after just reading some of these verses. Yes, and uh, realizing this is what the Bible says about it. Um, yes, but like no sin in hell. Um, that God, He's uh, not going to permit it. Uh, yeah, it's in His presence. If um, God is going to reign sovereign, and there's nothing outside of God's jurisdiction, He's not going to allow it. He's if if He is going to reign. Okay, in the millennium. He's going to rule and reign with a rod of iron. Mm-hmm. If hell is in his, his presence, God is not going to allow stealing because he don't want to see it. He don't want to. He don't want to. He don't. He doesn't want blasphemy. He don't want to hear it. So he's not going to allow it. 
Mm-hmm. You know. Well, and let's talk about unless uh, in Luke sixteen, you said this. I don't think you mentioned this Sunday, but when we were talking about your sermon afterwards, that they call the rich man son. Yes, let's stop and talk about that. That shows me right there that even in hell, that it's God's justice. It's not his, it is not his, you know, um, I hate this man with all the hatred I can muster up. Um, because it's, it's a respect. First of all, when we get into, when we go to Luke chapter 16 and we find ourselves, you know, reading this story and entering through the scriptures into the very pit of hell, we don't see this guy partying. We don't see this guy blaspheming. We don't see this guy with women. We don't see any of that stuff. What we do see is a very humble man. Mm-hmm. We see a man that has been humbled right. and a man that accepts his fate. Okay, He doesn't even cry, get me out of here. That's he, right. That's he, right. he doesn't do none of that stuff. And um, the, the idea that everybody is wailing in hell you know, like the, you remember the, 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 the hole to hell? Remember that years yeah. ago? Yeah. And, uh, you know, it talks about weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. Okay, well, that, that's true. I, right. I get that. But not for this man. Right. This man. Okay, let me just say this. Hell is not as bad as it possibly can be mm-hmm. for everybody. Right. The Bible talks about different layers of hell. Tartarus, Gehenna. You know, and the Bible talks about the lowest hell. And like you just said, the beaten with few stripes and many stripes. Right. And, and then here you got a guy that is, there is no way that he is suffering to um, exhausting God's power inflicted upon him in suffering. Right. How would it be possible for this man to carry on an intelligent conversation, mm-hmm. you know? So God has obviously given him a body that can withstand the flames, mm-hmm. just like the tree that burned was not consumed. Right. Same thing. And, um, and so here it is. So he's tormented in this flame. He doesn't say tormented by God. He doesn't say God's got his hands around my throat. He doesn't say any of that. Right. Okay. Um, and uh, let's say something else about that, too. The devil was prepared for the devil and his angels, not for this rich man. And say something else about that as well. A lot of people get screwed up because they miss the the mark of the story right here. The story is not about how you get there. The story is about what life is like after you get there. Mm. So a lot of people say, well, if you're poor, you go to heaven, and if you're rich, you go to hell. Mm -hmm. That's not true because the rich, there were two rich men. Right. Abraham was a rich man, and the rich man was a rich man. That's right. And so you can't go there. But it's not talking about how you get there. It's talking about what happens after you get that was okay. the emphasis right here right and so here you got a guy that is he's not blaspheming he he's carrying on a, an intelligent conversation right you know and he's able to remember now can you imagine if you were in flames right now you wouldn't be able you could not think of anything right you know except just the absolute agony that you are in and so it is not as bad for some as it is for other. to to say that hell it exhausts the very uh, limitless power of God is to limit the power of God. Right. It can always be worse, mm-hmm. even in hell. Mm-hmm. There's nobody that's going to tell me that God's power to inflict pain is exhausted. Right. He can always make it worse. Right. You know. So you said 
you said uh, even in hell, there there seems to be a level of compassion here. Well, the guy doesn't say. Well, Abraham doesn't say, well, you deserve everything, <laughs> you, you know. He just says, son, remember, you remember that in thy lifetime, you know. In other words, he's just saying, this, this is the way it is, mm-hmm. you know. This is the judgment, okay. And um, now if you remember, the Bible talks about, <clears throat> just to clarify some things, getting off script a little bit, but the Bible does talk about death and hell were cast in the lake of fire and the dead were judged out of those things which are written in the books right. according to their works, Right. So the judgment in hell will be based according to your works. Right. So that's what Abraham is 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 talking about. Not your name was not in the book of life. That's why you are here. Okay. But this man was obviously beaten with few stripes. He's obviously not in the lowest of the lowest of hell. Um, I don't think he's. I think hell is a lot hotter. I think the um, like I said Sunday. If you do, if you right now make your bed in hell, it's God that's going to decide. What cell in hell are you going to make your bed in? Mm. You know, because God is the absolute sovereign ruler and master of hell. Mm. You know, um, and uh, it's a just punishment. And everybody that's there will agree and confess that right. that I had an opportunity and and I blew it. It was yeah. my fault. I cannot blame a just God for my rejection of God and the punishment that I am receiving. It was a fair. It, yeah, everybody's going to stand before the great one. Nobody is going to, by the way, it said, when it says every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess, I don't believe that, it's, that God is going to force them to because the scriptures say not only will they confess, but they'll be convinced. Right. They will absolutely be convinced. Yep. And, um, and so they, they <laughs> I know this sounds insane, but I believe that they will basically, not that they will necessarily say it, but they will condemn themselves. Mm. Yes, um, and, and got nothing to bellyache about. And so the guy doesn't even—he doesn't even think about himself. That's something else. He was a selfless man, you know. All—all all he was asked, he wouldn't even ask for a cup of water, just one drop. Yeah, and that was all that he asked for for himself. God tells us to ask for our daily bread, and most Christians we ask for a lot more than that every day when we pray. You know, bigger cars, you know, more money, more power, prestige. Most of the stuff to consume upon our lust, but right. this guy had no lust to mm-hmm. consume yeah. uh, upon. But but anyway, and uh, so there's no cursing in hell. There's no fornication in hell. There's no gay pride in hell. There's not nothing like that in hell. The only people in hell are people that are <laughs> pure, baptized believers. And also, I should say this. That hell is not only a pure place, but it's a place where everybody there feels the power of God in the flame or by the flame, you know, and also the presence of God. It says right there that it is uh, in the presence of God. And so when we're introduced to this, I think, model member in hell, a very humble man. We don't see him sinning or blaspheming God. In fact, he cries out for mercy. So that's humility right there. Mm -hmm. He cries out for mercy, and all he's asking for is just one drop of water. Well, unfortunately, he prays, but he prays too late. And that's the bottom line. Mm -hmm. Now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Yeah, and you basically, I don't know if you ended your sermon with this statement, but it was a powerful statement when you said it's not a question of 
if you'll believe. It's a question of when. It's not a question of if you're going to join a church. It's a question of when and Absolutely. which church is it going to be. Um, powerful, powerful statement there. Yes, yes. So you're going to get baptized. Okay, every Catholic, you're going to join a Baptist church. Mm-hmm. You're going to join. Okay? It's just a matter of when. Mm-hmm. You're going to get baptized. And you're not going to be sprinkled. You're going to get baptized. Everybody. Mm-hmm. You're going to get baptized by water. or by, by, There's five baptisms in the Bible. Yeah. You have a baptism of water. Baptism by the Spirit into the body, okay? Um, you also have a baptism of suffering. You know, Jesus spoke about that to John when he says, can you be baptized with the baptism that I'm baptized with, you know? Right. And he's talking about a baptism of suffering on the cross, you know? And then he also talks about this baptism of the Holy Ghost and with fire, you know? And so you 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 go on it. You know, you're going to be baptized, and you're going to be a believer. Mm. You're not going to believe in purgatory. All the Catholics and all the atheists, there are no atheists in hell. Now, you may be, okay, you're an atheist now, and that's why you go to hell. But before you go to hell, you'll be a believer. Now, you won't believe when you get to hell. You'll be a believer before you get to hell because you're going to stand before God. You're going to be, you're going to be judged, you know, and uh, and and then— of course, a person dies and goes and goes to hell. Um, they're they're going to, I believe, okay, that when they lift up their eyes, being in torment, I believe that they're going to. It, it's all going to come before them at that moment. You know, they're like. In fact, they can remember and they can look back and they can see that they are indeed, they're guilty, justly punished. They're, they're justly punished. That's right. Now, the inmates don't run the jail. Right. The inmates don't run the prisons. Mm-hmm. You know, the warden runs the prisons. The warden of hell is God. He runs it. He's in absolute control over it. And in that sense, the Calvinists, you see, they screw up. They, they, the Calvinists always screw up because of their their faulty presuppositions. They say that Jesus only died for the elect and only died for people who will believe. <laughs> but Jesus, his death on the cross will bring everybody to belief. One way or the other. One way or the other. Everybody's going. But the problem is you got to believe now. Right. you got to believe now. So it's not a question of if you believe. It's a question of when. Mm-hmm. Not a question of if you'll be baptized. It's a question of when. You see, there are no tares in hell. It's a pure church. It's a, um, there, there's no arguments in hell. Nobody argues in hell over whether or not Jesus is a virgin born. Mm-hmm. No, there's not, none of that, you know. It's doctrinally pure. And if the devil were to get down there and he were to say, by the way, in, in what is it, Isaiah, it says that he's become like unto one of us, you know, people in hell. Well, he's just become one of us now. He's been stripped of all his power. So, you know, if anything, people are going to gang up on the devil mm. and beat him up mm. rather than, you know, uh, to, to, to use teenage lingo. Yeah, yeah. But um, um, one day you're going to repent. This man repented, Luke chapter 16. This man was sorry. By the way, here's something else about, you know, um, this church in hell is a praying church. If this man is a microcosm or prototype of the members in church, he was a man that was very much concerned about uh, soul winning. Yeah. You know, and praying for lost people. Yeah. You You know. Did you have a sermon along that effect? Yeah. No fishing. On the lake of fire, <laughs> you know, 
There's no fishing on the Lake of Fire. Uh-huh. It's full of fish, mm-hmm. but there's no fishing. Right. You know, and uh, there's some big fish in there too, but you can't you can't catch them. Mm-hmm. You know, um, they're in and um, but anyway, and so since the devil can't deceive you in hell, and he dead sure can't deceive you in heaven because he's not you know going to be in heaven. He's going to be in hell, but he. So what, what's he do? So he works now. The devil doesn't work in bars now. The, the, the devil's already got the bars. His effort is in church. Yeah. Is in the churches. Yep. And during the invitation. Yep. You know? And um, I, I'm just going to say something that, that which is sad. Now, the altars were full Sunday morning, but, you know, nobody got saved. Mm-hmm. You know? If Jesus had 12 and one was a devil, you know, um, I, I have no doubt that even in the best of churches now, Oh yeah, that there's going to be lost people. Nobody responded, you know. How is it that you can preach on hell and nobody be moved, you know? And uh, but um, it, but Christians were moved. I should say. I think that the that the sermon was 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 very helpful yeah. to folks to wake us up to realize that eternity is right around the corner. Yeah. But I think that's a sign of the age. Yeah. The fact that you can preach on hell and uh, in in this way. And talk about we're just one heartbeat, one breath, you know, away from hell. Your coffin can be in town right now. You could be in the grave with before the week's out. Yeah, you know. And um, so the devil, he works in churches. He plants tares amongst the wheat. Now churches. Now he can't do anything about church in heaven. He can't do anything about church in hell. Every one of them is absolutely one hundred percent convinced. So I'm gonna, I close by giving a few statistics of some great men of yesterday. Oh, yeah, yeah, this was uh, powerful. And, uh, you know, since everybody in hell is converted, you know, everybody in hell, they're, they're, they're independent, fundamental, baptized believers, feeling every moment of every day the power of God, in a bad way, but still, the power of God and the very presence of God, okay? R.G. Lee, I believe three-time, um, president of the Southern Baptist Convention. This is back when the Southern Baptist Convention was, you know, it wasn't nearly as liberal as it is now. Right. He said that 80% of Southern Baptists were lost. R.G. Lee. Wow. He's the one that preached probably the, the, one of the greatest sermons ever to be preached in America as far as popularity is concerned. You know, uh, maybe Jonathan Edwards preached the greatest sinners in the hands of the angry God, but he preached payday someday. Yeah. You know, and then W.A. Criswell, uh, he pastored the the great First Baptist Church of Dallas, uh, Texas. Um, he said he'd be surprised to see 25% of his members in heaven. Wow. D.L. Moody and uh, Dr. Tozer put the percent, and 90% of professed Christians are lost. B.R. Lakin said he believed, and I heard Sammy Allen say, B.R. Lakin said he believed 85% of converts in his meetings were lost. I mean, people that... He said God saved and his church were lost. Wow. I think that kind of goes along with what Jesus himself would say. I've thrown a lot of seed out and right. one quarter of them, you know, <laughs> the devil snatches them away. And then you had another quarter of them, which is probably the vast majority of them, you know. Yeah, they're glad to hear the word and they walk an aisle. But as soon as the sun comes up, they die. See, they had signs of life, but not eternal life because they died. Right. You know? And then Vance Hadmer put, to, put it over 65% of church members were lost. Dr. J. Harold Smith in a radio message said 75% of people that attended church won't make it to heaven. 
R.A. Torrey said, R.A. Torrey said this, only 10% of those who profess to be believers were really converted. Leonard Ravenhill, you know, the guy who wrote, um, uh, Rye Revival Sodom, yeah, Rye Revival Terry's, um, Revival God's Way and Sodom Had No Bible, very powerful books, um, said, I doubt that more than 2% of professing Christians in the United States are truly born again. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. That ought to make every one of us examine ourselves to whether or not we be in the faith. I just don't see how people can say they believe the Bible and the Bible is Jesus and then on the other hand say, well, the Bible's full of errors. Right. That's to say Jesus is full of errors. Right. That's to say God is lying. You know, it's, be- it's better to be, <laughs> I would rather be wrong with too much faith in what God said than right with too much doubt Yeah. in the end. Yeah. But and if we just take the Bible for what it says, that's what it says about hell. Yeah, really clears a lot of things up. And it's so great when you just believe the Bible and kind of do away with all the, all the, all the man-made uh, ideas and things like that about everything. It stems from we just don't like it, therefore we change it. And sometimes just pure ignorance. Um, ignorance because we're not, we're not, you know, as the Bible says, the... The Bereans were ex, you know, were better because they searched the scriptures. And Ephesians says you need to be grounded in truth, uh, and not, you know, so easily swayed and deceived. So, well, let me just say this for those people that say that I'm a dangerous man. Okay, <laughs> okay. So you probably agreed with what I said today. I mean, how could you not? It's all just scripture, mm-hmm. right? I mean, the Bible says he's 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 in the fire in the presence of the Lamb. That's what it says. Right, but the same, the 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 same approach to scripture that brings us to that is the same approach to scripture that brings us to the earth. Just doesn't move, whether you like it or not. God said it doesn't move. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and fact, Jesus is the Word. So to believe Jesus is to believe the Word. They go together. It is salvation. People want to say it has nothing to do with salvation. It's everything to do with salvation. Everything. To do not with to salvation. say that if you, you know, if you disagree on any point that you're going to hell, but. You can't get away from the fact that Jesus is the Word. From Genesis 1-1 to Revelation, and to accept Him is to accept His Word. That's right. And the Bible says, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Well, what's the name of the Lord Jesus? His name is called the Word of God. So to call, to trust in Jesus, is to trust in the Word of God. Yep. Thanks for joining in. We love... Um, just sitting together and just talking about uh, the fundamentals of the faith. Yeah, I hope you uh, hope you enjoyed as well. And uh, please uh, reach out to us if you'd like to. We'd love to hear from you. And if there's anything you'd like to talk about, um, it's uh, thecancelpreacher at gmail.com. And we'll be back with you next week.